Uh, talk a little bit about the political aspects of uh, aging in place. I, I hate to be political about this, but uh, changing building codes to implement some of the suggestions you had and, uh, and also the costs involved in building places to live for seniors as opposed to being able to stay in their own homes is uh, probably a uh, it's probably cheaper to accommodate people in their own homes rather than to be building institutions. Well, to, to be simple, there just isn't enough room for every baby boomer to be in a nursing home. So the government will probably have to come to terms with this and develop either supplements so that uh, children or caregivers can get subsidies. I know my grandmother in Scotland was taken care of by my aunt and received a small supplement to take care of my, uh, my dad's mother. They don't do that here. I, I don't believe they do that here. No. And uh, those kind of things also, um, to be honest, like the government doesn't want to tread on the private industry's toes. They don't want to interfere with the market. But this is something to say that it's, it's not just aging in place. It's saying that there's a continuity of living experience, not just people that are in their 20s or 30s or 40s, but people that have mobility issues later on. And there are certain programs such as RAMP, which provides supplements to uh, do renovations for your homes, but the thing is, you're going in after the fact. What I'm suggesting is try to do the, 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 have the products that they're producing now. And Alberta is in a building boom so that these houses will be able to be accessible. Because, I mean, for example, stairs are the enemy, to be honest, of many of the handicapped and many of the senior citizens. And yet every single home that you see constructed has a set of stairs to get in, which the government has a program for low-income people to build a ramp to get up to. Wouldn't it be better to have a certain number of apartments and houses built so that they're on grade, like ranch homes in the States? You see these in, uh, in other parts of uh, North America. So I don't, I don't know if I really asked. Did I answer yeah. your question? Yeah, that's a good start. Another question? Okay, Terry. Uh, Terry Shellington. Uh, thank you very, very much for your presentation. Uh, I just want to offer a critique and a, a tweak to the title even of this, Aging in Place. Uh, to my perception, this is not about aging. This is about people with special physical needs at whatever age they reach them. Uh, my brother became a quadriplegic uh, the summer that he turned 55 and moved to Calgary at the same time. And I know that... Uh, that he had an incredible problem finding an apartment that he could live in until he realized that he qualified for over 55 housing and, and some of those apartments are built to suit. So you don't have to be a pensioner to experience the need for a wheelchair access. No, of course not. And my wife was in a wheelchair right. in her 30s. Uh, my question is around uh, the political aspects of this. It strikes me that political parties have by and large dropped the ball on this. I'm wondering... A, what um, political initiatives with individual parties have been taken uh, by your organization, and uh, uh, is there any party that's responded? 
Um, well, I'm not with an organization. Okay. So you were. I was. I was. But it was a government uh, committee. So we advised the government, and um, I advi uh, we advised the government, and the many of the issues that the disabled have are very similar to seniors. And my wife would always comment that in Florida, where she lived before she we got married, the disabled and the seniors melded together and formed in Florida, obviously, one large power group that could force the government to accommodate both seniors' issues, which in many ways are similar to the, have, have people having physical mobility issues. So, um, you know, many of the people that are younger do not vote. You are actually quite powerful. And if you say to the powers that be that you want changes, that really will not impact the bottom line that much, I don't believe. And I think many people like Ron Wickman would say these aren't necessarily changes in, in actual cost, but are changes in attitude by architects, by builders, to try to look at the full spectrum of the lifespan. These homes are being built for people to live from zero to 100. And, um, you know, RAMP, for those of you that are low income, is a program that's accessible here in Alberta uh, for people that want to retrofit their homes for uh, disabled access, as, as this gentleman said. Uh, did I answer this? Yeah, that's good. Next question. Come on, folks. There must be somebody else that is interested in this topic. Uh, Austin, uh, one of the big problems with uh, getting older, I think, is that your mobility, uh, especially when you lose your car and licenses and those kind of things, that's a huge issue in terms of getting around. If you have to hire a taxi to go and pick up a pill, or whatever, those issues needs to be addressed as well. If you if you to make aging in place per se a successful endeavor. Well, um, I mean to be honest, like living in, for example, the suburbs of, of let's say Edmonton, St. Albert, or Stony Plain, or Spruce Grove, or the West End, or the south side can be very difficult to function without a car. So you see a lot of people selling those homes and buying smaller condominiums, which um, we were at the table talking about how we've downsized, Catherine and me. But um, that downsize and then move into a condo in the interior of the city, which is more transit-oriented or walkable. They, they do uh, MLS listings in Lethbridge include walkability scores? Uh, not at this do they, point, do they? no. They do in Edmonton. They have walkability scores where you can function without a car, and they give you a certain percentage from zero to 100. And so, um, so the real estate agents in Edmonton have realized this is important. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's best to try to... I mean, there are a few architects in Alberta that are looking towards the future in this demographic bulge. Um, 
But um, really, it's almost as if it's too late because now there will have to be necessary retrofits to people's homes at this point for them to stay in their homes. Mary? Yes. Yes, thank you, uh, Austin. Uh, I'm Mary Shillington. Uh, I have several questions, but I'll start with sort of a follow-up from the last one from Knut. Uh, it's not only the physical things, but also um, you might need people coming in, which I guess is physical. You might need people coming in to help you with your bath, even if your your bathroom is fitted so that you can you yeah. can do some of that on your of own. Course, yeah. there, there comes a point where where you can't do some of those and, and pill and uh, figuring out how to get your uh, uh, take your pills and so on and cooking and all those kind of things. And, and it seems to me that with the way our governments are going, provincially and federally, there's not the supports for the staffing to do those kind of work or else that, that staff is so poorly paid that they – you know, not many people are going into it. Well, uh, so is there any action happening around well, those think, issues? I think that the temporary foreign workers, many of them already are the place we visited yesterday had a temporary foreign worker, I believe, um, new Canadian. And uh, they will have to fill the void, and which causes problems of language and understanding, you know. Also... Um, uh, you know, I, I worry for my parents, my own parents, because we don't live in town. And so how do, we, how do we deal with all these things? But home care is something I think the government is reticent or afraid to really push home care because it's a new entitlement. It's a new area of funding that they don't want to go into, even though, ironically, I think, um, I don't know if there's anything to prove it, that it might prove to be a savings to the whole growth system by having home, more elaborate and sustainable and effective home care because then people aren't being shoved into emergency wards or things don't deteriorate to that point or being put into long-term care. Yes, studies, okay. studies certainly care, have shown... Yeah, studies have shown that it's cheaper to keep people in their own homes than yes. to move them into hospitals or nursing homes. So the the... I know. I don't. I'm, I don't understand. I've, I've. I don't understand why the government doesn't. Yeah. No. I'm with you. Talk to your MLA. Okay. Uh, my name is Frank Toth. Uh, it really shocks me to see what is happening. Uh, just one little comment here. We may as well have a little laugh out of the whole thing. Uh, the recent Messiah that Harper sent to Alberta to run for, for running, governing the province now, just announced yesterday's paper that he foresees and he would lean up towards borrowing another $300 billion to keep Alberta's infrastructure, what have you, going. We've already borrowed over $200 billion, so... Isn't this the joke of the century? What political avenue can you see for the future? We're so badly in debt now that uh, what you're, the subject you're speaking of, every one of us in our age is headed for that destination, so-called, okay? Do you see any political well, I mean, light somewhere? Investment in certain 
in certain things saves the government in other departments. You might have a, a cost to Department A, the Ministry of Housing, which has health care savings, but because the government is so fragmented, they don't realize that a dollar put into housing saves them 10 or $20 in health care and also reduces wait times and all those political things they want to do. And, but because it's so fragmented, the, the bureaucracy, I mean, there have been attempts to get the bureaucracy to talk to each other into departments. No, that isn't what I asked. It's pa pardon me. Do you see any future? What political party or who is going to save us? We're in the red so bad. I just spent four hours in an emergency to get looked at. I'm screaming for four days, okay? Who, uh, who do you see in the future that's going to pull us out of this indebtedness, this financial chaos, you know, the world has never seen in Alberta? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, I don't really uh, align myself with anything. He's not a prophet. I'm not, I don't align myself with any specific He may look like one, but he's not a prophet. <laughs> but I think Austin has made a really great point that, uh, you know, it's, it's a kind of a cliche, but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. And studies have shown over and over again that aging in place with a few simple accommodations to housing can save them thousands and thousands of dollars. The, the, there's there's no argument about that. The the institutions and so on is not the way to go. We need some absolutely because some people do need more intensive care, but this is uh, where they could save themselves a lot of money if they did if they thought it through properly. Any other questions? There must be one question. <laughs> you can ask me another. Well, you see, seniors are at a point where we all seem to know all the answers to most things anyway. So it's well, I can tell you that this does actually affect me because when I was uh, 24 in Antarctic, I had severe frostbite and nerve damage to my legs and was told by the doctor in McMurdo, that's the American station down there that we were uh, airlifted to after the end of our season looking for meteorites, that I'd lose my legs. I had neuropathy in my legs and I'm always falling down because of it, but that I would lose my legs by the age of 40. So I've always been aware that after Antarctica that I could end up in a wheelchair. And uh, thank God I didn't and haven't so far, but the nerve damage hasn't yep. decreased, but it can affect anyone. Absolutely. And I see Dr. Christou is, yeah. is at the mic. Thank you very much, Austin. Uh, my name is Van Christou. Um, Austin, uh, I was really impressed by your comment about the inexpensive way of preventing some of the, the additional costs for retrofitting homes. Um, I'm not familiar with the building code system in our province. Um, my question is, uh, are building codes set up uh, locally or are they set up provincially? I, I believe they're set up provincially and they're, they're bylaws that affect building practices in, in the local communities, for example, drainage systems and access points to buildings and stuff. I think it, it really is important to understand that there's no driver for accessible homes or public places in Canada like there is in the States because of the American Disabilities Act. 
mm -hmm. Americans with Disabilities Act, that there's no pressure on the government to accommodate this need, so it has been always put on the back burner. And I think now with the aging population, we have to put it on the front burner because, um, you know, uh, it's an ounce of prevention. And as the fades, the fades anticipate, he's a, a, a well-known uh, consultant up in Edmonton, and he, uh, he's anticipated that he will need, he wants to age in place, so he actually constructed this home for himself. Now, that was a premium home, but why can't we, uh, for example, put plywood on the sides of uh, showers mandated by building code so that it can be easy to adapt uh, shower handles, mm -hmm. you know, simple things like that. Mandate that doors are wider. You know, you know, try to have friendlier door handles for homes. You know, like some of these things. These aren't. This isn't very difficult. Yeah, that's not space science, is it? And and I'm just wondering how we. Most of us in this room are getting uh, too old to benefit from this sort of thing, but uh, our, our, our grandchildren are probably going to think, where, where were we at when, uh, when this province was growing and that these things weren't instituted in our time? Were we asleep or what? Uh, my question is, how do we go about getting building codes to incorporate that type of thing? Well, I think it is to just bring it up with the local MLAs and say that that we have this large policy. I mean, they, they get their reports and briefing notes. They know the state probably better than anybody in this room of what's going on. It, it's a matter of saying we're going to take on the private industry and tell them for a little bit of co extra cost and bother, they will have to accommodate this interest in terms of keeping people in homes so that these homes, these homes we built today will be probably up in 100 years. And we will still have to deal with them. I mean, they're not, every house that's built today isn't going to be ripped down in 30 years. If I may ask a second question. I just want to focus Van's question a little more uh, precisely. Uh, this is what he really meant to ask, I'm sure. Uh, uh, for those of us politically active, and there's a lot in this room who are of one kind or another, where is where would I find a listing of uh, I, I don't just want to go to the MLA and say, you know, why don't you do this? Where would you find a precise listing of some of these changes that you could uh, hand to uh, an aspiring politician, uh, a provincial, someone aspiring to be a provincial party leader, for example, and there's going to be road shows this summer and fall for two parties. Where would we find a concise statement of these do People, they, they issues? have, like, comparable architectural themes. I'm not an expert on, on the architectural elements, but there are architectural manifestos on aging in place and, and accessibility for, for a thing. You can Google aging in place. There's nothing and, in Alberta. Or well, the there's the, the Premier's the Council. You could ask the Premier's Council yeah. on the status of persons with disabilities. And uh, they're really the clearinghouse for this kind of The thing. status of persons with the disabilities. Premier's Council and the status of persons with disabilities. Okay, that's a really catchy name. And they okay. do have uh, information and studies and so on that they've done on this issue. So. Okay. Well, perhaps we, all, perhaps we all need to access that uh, website if there is such a thing. Yeah, it's part of the government website. Okay. Well, Austin, I think we've uh, 
worked this issue over pretty good. We'd like to uh, thank you very much for being with us today, and we know that uh, this is kind of a whirlwind tour for you, so we appreciate you uh, taking time to uh, spend some time with us, and uh, we wish you well in your future endeavors, so thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming out, and thank you for basic... Thank you for basically celebrating this great day in my life. I, I grew up in Lethbridge, and uh, I remember riding bicycles down the hallways of the university as a young child. I, I remember as this, I asked the, uh, uh, the person that uh, put my gown on this morning whether uh, they still drive motorcycles down the main concourse, and she well assured me that that is a long-gone thing. <laughs> long-gone thing. They don't do that anymore. They did it when I was around No sense of adventure, Bob just said. (laughs)